0: friend, My name is Kelly Callahan. I'm an entrepreneur, a woman empowerment speaker, wake up to level up live event host, and of course your personal hype girl here to tell you that you can totally do this. There never been a better time to say yes. Yes to your wildest dreams. Yes to stepping into the highest version of yourself. Yes to waking up to level up. We have created a strong community of women who are leveling up through mindset and spiritual consciousness, and we want you to be a part of the Wulu movement too. Each Monday, I will be delivering a brand new episode that will help you step into your goddess, the most unshakable, confident version of yourself. So whether you're an entrepreneur or you're just ready to up level, I wanna help provide you with the tangible exercises that will strip you of your limiting beliefs, help you overcome the fears and help you to confidently step into the most expansive version of you. This is a space where magic and action come together to help us create our own badass reality where you are limitless girl and anything is freaking possible. I want you to join the rest of the tribe on Facebook at Wake Up to Level Up for High Vibe Babes for deeper connection and sisterhood. Let's get going, girl. Hey, you guys. Welcome to another episode of the Beauty Business Babes podcast. This is your host, Kelly Callahan. And today, I am dropping into the archives, (laughs) the archives of our old episodes because there was one in particular that a lot of you guys messaged me about telling me how much you loved it, and that was with Mr. Chris Harder. Now in Southern California, we are going into our third close down or shut down because of COVID. And I really want to give you guys the tools, inspiration, and some knowledge that you guys might need to get up out of this position of hopelessness or just not really having any clarity on how to move forward from this. So I hope that you guys enjoy this. Please slide into my DMs and Chris Harder's DMs. If you guys do enjoy this, let us know what you guys want to hear more of, and I hope that you guys enjoy this as much as I did. Well, thanks so much, Chris Harder, for being here. I'm really excited to have you on the Wake Up to Level Up podcast. I have been e-stalking you on Instagram for a while now. (laughs) And I was supposed to meet you and Lori at the Pretty Ambitious Summit. Unfortunately, that didn't happen, but it will soon. And so I'm really excited to meet you there. So Chris, For those of the people that are listening right now that don't know who you are, can you do an explanation of who you are, how you got into the entrepreneurial world and all that good stuff?
1: Yeah, for sure. And and that question is so timely right now, right? As we're facing such uncertain times because it has a lot to do with my story of who I am right now. Mm -hmm. So at the core, I'm just a generous entrepreneur that is obsessed with philanthropy and doing good in the world. My core belief is that when good people make good money, they do great things. And I love to like teach and push people to go further than they can on their own. Right. And we all have these limiting reasons why we don't go as far as we could on our own. So that's who I am at the core. And and today, as we face this crisis economy, as I'm calling it, Mm -hmm. Lori and I have ownership in or solely own eight different seven and eight figure businesses. And Heading into a crisis economy with that type of perspective means that we certainly know what it's like to have brick and mortar businesses. We know what it's like to have online businesses. We know what it's like to have a team and employees that you want to take best care of. We know what it's like to have tons of customers that have different types of needs in a crisis economy type of situation. And best of all, this time when we're facing it, we're set up financially strong. The thing that's important to understand about who we are and where I'm at right now, is that when I was facing the last crisis economy, and that would be the Great Recession 2008-2009, we were on the opposite end of the spectrum. Back then, I was one of the fastest rising executives at the world's biggest bank. So you would have thought two things. You would have thought, number one, that maybe I had a hunch that the recession was coming, but we ignored the science. That's what we do as humans, right? And number two, more importantly, you'd think working at the bank in that capacity that I would have taken really good care of our money. And I didn't because I was young and arrogant and ignorant. And honestly, I thought it would last forever. I would come home every year or sometimes twice a year. And I'd be like, hey, babe, pack up the house. We're moving to such and such city. I got another promotion. Here we go. And when you're young, you think that's going to last forever until it doesn't.
2: Mm -hmm. And then I
1: woke up one day and the music had stopped, right? Residential crash, banking crash, everything. And when the music stopped, I was left holding a bag. And it was a bag of absolute garbage. It was a bag that contained the worst situation possible. And that was our financial life and many other things as well. And so what we had to do is we had to scramble because I was fearful. My ego had been shattered. I didn't have a plan. There was a lot of uncertainty, right? And I bet people are kind of identifying with some of these things right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we knew we had to craft a plan. So we got rid of all the cars. We got rid of all the things. Or we walked away from or sold all the investment properties. And the two most important moves that we made were this. We short sold this great big beautiful home that we had just finished building and if you guys don't know what short selling is it simply means you have to sell it for less than you owe on it Mm -hmm. and we did it earlier than everybody else started short selling so i like to think that i made short selling cool Mm -hmm. and then the other thing that we did was we knew that we needed to create the space to figure out and create some kind of comeback plan and so we sold every single belonging by tucking our tail between our legs and putting ads on Craigslist. This was 12 years ago. And having car after car after car pull up in front of the house while the neighbors watched on judging. And one by one, people or couples would walk through the front door and they'd bargain for the couches, they'd bargain for the chairs, for the grill, for the TVs, everything. And they would walk out of the house with my personal belongings, again, in front of the neighbors, and but it left me with a handful of cash. And by liquidating Every single thing that we had wasted our money on up till that point, I had just enough cash to be able to downsize us to a 900 square foot apartment and prepay the lease on that apartment for one year. And that was such an important move because it gave us the time, the space, the energy, and the runway. You'll probably hear me refer to runway quite a bit to pivot and reinvent ourselves into the people that everyone knows today. And here's why I shared that story is Kelly, without that moment, literally wouldn't be having this interview today. That's number one. Number two, in a really dark, scary, uncertain time, I'm not here to convince you it's going to feel good or feel certain during it. But I promise if you make a couple of right moves, when you look back on it, it's going to be like the greatest gift that was ever given to you. And it's hard for some people to believe right now. They just have to borrow a little bit of my faith on that one. Mm-hmm. And third, as we talk about some things that people can do with their businesses, in uncertain financial times, I wanted them to hear the extremes that we went to in that story and some of the things that caused humiliation. Because sometimes it takes moves like that to set yourself up with that runway to reinvent and to pivot, because that's what a lot of people are doing right now, especially in your industry, to reinvent and to pivot and to create that lasting success story coming out the other end.
0: I love that. I love that. I have a group called Wake Up to Level Up for Beauty Business Space, and there's thousands of women in there. And what I keep on hearing is just the fear, the fear of investing, the fear of losing and closing their businesses, not temporarily, but permanently. So for those women who are feeling that right at this moment in time, for those women who are really struggling with understanding that you know maybe they're going to have to close their doors, what type of financial advice would you give to them at this very moment?
1: I've got a few very specific steps that they can take that anybody can take if they feel like they're facing this thing completely financially unprepared. Before I share those steps, I would like to first answer it this way. There's two groups of people I've noticed that are kind of starting to form in this crisis economy. Mm -hmm. They're all fearful, they're all uncertain, but the two groups are this. Group one is really sad and has fear around, will I ever open my doors again? Because they love their business and they love their clients and they love serving. And to those individuals, don't worry, We're about to give you a plan on what you can do. Group two, though. Group two has been secretly praying, secretly wishing, secretly hoping that somehow they would get this miraculous reset or or do-over or chance to do something else in life because they were bored or they were burnt out. And the only reason it's uncomfortable for group two is because it came really sudden and in a very scary way, but it is actually what they were praying and hoping for. And to group two, this is your wake-up call that you've been given what you were asking for. It's actually just a very messy blessing and you get a chance to do something with it. So don't waste that chance, right? So the first part of the answer is be honest about what you really want. Do you want to save your business because you love waking up to it every single day? Or do you really wanna be doing something else and this is your chance to do it with no judgment, know anything because everybody's going through a big shift right now. And that's all this is, by the way, is a great big economic shift that was already coming, Kelly. It was already on its way, except this just sped it up. And so we were going to be going through it. It might have sounded different. It might have looked different. But we were going to be going through this anyways. Mm -hmm. It just came a little faster than some people expected. Okay, so that's the first part of the answer. The second part is this. No matter what group you're in, group one or group two, these next rules apply to you. Rule number one is stop the bleeding. And stop the bleeding means this. I want you guys to slash your overhead in your business and in your personal life as much as humanly possible the way that I did in my story, right? Downside, sold everything, swallowed the, eagle. the ego, was willing to be humiliated. Here's why. When you are able to get that monthly outgo for your personal life and your business down to the lowest number possible, then that gives you power to pivot. That gives you power to reinvent. That gives you power to last. Through this whole thing, I've been saying the plan is survive and thrive, right? And that's what we're going to talk about right now. How do I survive? And then how do I come out the other end? Absolutely thriving? And it may seem like very generic advice to say, slash everything as much as you can. But there's actually some steps you can take in step one, which is stop the bleeding that most people haven't thought of. You can right now call all your creditors and negotiate for a cease or a stoppage of your interest accrual for a deferral of your payments, for a restructure. You can renegotiate all your leases right now. You can tell your landlord, I can't make payments and legally in most parts of the country right now, they are bound to honor that. Now be careful you do that because when the music starts up again, you're responsible for that lease and then the ones that you skipped. You can call your car payments and not a single person has yet to report back to me that their car payments weren't willing to defer a few payments. Call your creditor, your credit cards and your lines of credit. Tell them to stop the accrual of your interest right now and to delay a few payments. Here's why they're all willing to do this. Landlords, banks, you name it. We learned in 2008, 2009. When I say we, I was in banking back then. Mm-hmm. We learned in 2008, 2009 that it's much better to know your customer situation and to work with them and for everyone to kind of suffer together or survive together during this thing. Than it is for your customer to just leave you holding the bag because that's what makes the crisis worse so picture a bank picture your landlord picture a creditor they would much rather feel the pinch for a few months by giving you a break than feel the absolute crumbling burn of you leaving them with an empty space or you leaving them with you know, 10 20 30 grand in credit card debt that you're not going to pay back because you claim bankruptcy so number one is stop the bleeding
2: mm-hmm. number
1: two Is after you've done that, now you've got this new tiny monthly outgo, right? And I mean, you have slashed everything. you pulled up your last three months statements. Don't need this. Don't need this. Don't need this. Don't need Number two is this. Find at any expense a minimum of three months runway, preferably 12. Now, again, a lot of people might hear this and be like, this guy's an idiot. I'm listening to this because I'm in a financial hardship right now. Where am I supposed to find three months runway or 12 months runway? Mm -hmm. And I'm about to share with you where runway means this it's the number of months that you can last if you don't bring another dollar in and so if your monthly outgo between your household expenses and your business let's say you got that down to to five thousand dollars a month by making all the moves i just talked about when i say three months runway you take that five thousand a month outgo times three months runway that's fifteen thousand dollars that you need to create that runway when i say try and get 12 Some of you listening are going to be able to do that. Some of you, it'll be too overwhelming. So keep focused on the three. Mm -hmm. The reason why I'm saying at minimum, at any expense, find three months runway is because the worst of this is going to be the next three months. And when I say the worst, I don't mean the coronavirus itself. What I mean is the economy, the uncertainty, the slow trickle back to work, the slow trickle back of customers and life being turned back on. So how do you find three months runway? Well, start with your tier one assets. There's different assets, and I call them tier one, tier two, tier three. Tier one assets are basically your checking savings, cash on hand, that all of us wake up every day. And when we check those numbers, you know, if you like it, you feel abundant. And if you don't, you're like, oh, I'm financially scared, which is the case for most people. Right. So first start with those. Most of you won't like that number. But then don't forget to check out your tier two assets. What type of investments have you been saving for? what type of equity do you have that you can tap into? What type of retirement accounts right now, they waive the penalty on those, at least in the US for you to withdraw a certain amount from? What kind of rainy day funds or retirement funds were you planning on using later in life that would really be more valuable right now when you're creating your reinvention and your pivot? And a lot of people, they have fear around tapping into those tier two assets for this reason. They think, well, I've been told my whole life that you don't touch that retirement account or you don't touch that savings you don't touch this but if you could use that money to pivot and reinvent into something better or stronger right now mm-hmm. you'll be making more than enough to replenish that and then some right now don't forget about your tier 3 assets this is where in my story i said we need more what can we do we're selling the TVs we're selling the cars we're selling every single thing that we possibly could in order to get that handful of cash that allowed me to prepay those 12 months worth of lease so we had the breathing room and the space and the lack of pressure to do this pivot and to do this reinvention. And I cannot stress to you enough, Kelly, and and to everyone listening, how important it is to make decisions from a place where you know you've got a little bit of runway because that allows you to make a decision that is good for your future instead of making decisions out of financial panic that's good for today or for tomorrow. Right. You'll make better long-term comeback decisions on it from this place, right? And last but not least, the tier four assets that you can tap into is anyone or anything that can lend to you or help you. Now, this is if you've exhausted everything else Mm -hmm. and you're like, sorry, dude, still don't have runway. Then I want you to think, who would invest in me? Who would lend me money? Do I have good credit? Could I take out a line of credit? And by the way, in crisis economies, they slash lines of credit. So once you get it, take it out and put it in your bank account, just enough for that runway. Or better yet, can I take advantage of some of these great government programs like the Paycheck Protection Program or Mm -hmm. the EIDL grants that have been made through the SBA? Those are your tier four assets. And so when you really push yourself to figure out every last thing that you can tap into to create this runway, you'll realize you have a better chance at creating it than you thought when you first heard me say that. So that's number two. Sorry for the ramble. Almost done. Your
0: fine. No, no, I love it all. <laughs>
1: number three is this. It's going to sound like it's not financial advice, but it is of the utmost importance, right? So number one, you stop the bleeding. Number two, you created your runway. Number three, if you're really going to use this runway well, and if you're really going to survive and then thrive, then you need a bulletproof routine. And then this has everything to do with your finances. When I say a bulletproof, like lock solid routine, what I mean is from the time you wake up mm-hmm. to the time you go to bed you know that you are controlling how your day is going to unfold. You know that you are controlling the lenses that you see the day through, right? Positive, negative. You know that you are able to fill up your cup so that you then have a full cup to pour into everyone else and all the other challenges throughout the day. And so our personal bulletproof routine and find yourself in the story, by the way, because everyone's going to have different circumstances. But our personal one is I literally wake up First thing in the morning and I roll over and I wake Lori up by saying, I'm happier, healthier, wealthier, more fit than I was yesterday. And I make her say it back to me. Now we've been doing this for years. What's nice about that is I've already chosen the first thoughts in my head instead of letting other thoughts just fall into my lap. I roll right back over and I say a really quick prayer of everything I'm grateful for for like 60 seconds. Thank you for this dog laying across my legs. Thank you for this beautiful wife next to me. Thank you for my health today. Thank you for this home that I woke up in. Thank you that I got food today. Like really basic juvenile stuff. But look, here's what happens. By the time I hit the ground, I have chosen the set of lenses, ones of gratitude and abundance and seeing what I do have instead of seeing what I don't have Mm -hmm. by the time my feet hit the ground for the day. Now that controls the start of my morning. If you can control the start of your morning, you can control the middle of your morning. So the rest of our morning unfolds with protected time. Protected time is when we read or listen to a podcast while we have our coffee. It's when we do our meditation. It's when we get our workouts in. You guys have to be moving your bodies right now, even if you're not used to it. And then, and only then when we're done with that stuff, can our team get a hold of us? Can our customers get a hold of us? Can other people get a hold of us? Now, some of you have to get up earlier to do this. I cannot stress the importance because now what I've done is I've controlled my whole morning, and there's no easier part of your day to control than your morning. Now, here's the truth. The rest of the day, I have no idea what the circumstances are going to be. I could have customers canceling. I could have nightmares happening. I could have all sorts of crazy things happen the rest of the day, because we all will. But because I've filled up my cup first, I've chosen the lenses I'm going to see through, and I've chosen how I'm going to start my day, I'm able to react and handle those things better And I'm now living a proactive day instead of a reactive day. And then we end our day with a little bit of routine that I'll spare you of right now as well. Because by now you get the point. That step number three of have a bulletproof routine is going to be what makes or breaks this survive and thrive part of the plan that you guys have to endure. And then number four is this. And and then my long-winded rant is done here, Kelly.
0: No, we love it. Keep on bringing it. It's all good. Uh,
1: <laughs> number 1 was stop the bleeding, number 2 is at minimum do whatever it takes to find 3 months runway, number 3 was uh bulletproof routine, number 4 is invent new income. Guys, whether you're going back to your old salon, whether you're going back to your old spa, whether you have no desire to go back to that, whether you're going back to a job that you had, does, none of that matters, you need to invent new income. We live in a world where you need multiple income streams, and the entire goal is to make sure that if any one of your income streams was taken away tomorrow, that you would not have to adjust your lifestyle. That's the goal to build up to. So when I say invent new income, I want you to ask yourself two very important questions right now. What are the brand new needs that have been formed out of this crisis? And number two, what do my past experiences and my current skill sets have to do with filling these needs? Because when you ask a better question, you get a better answer. And there's too many people running around right now saying, why, why, why did not I do this earlier? Why am I in this situation? Why did this happen to me? And why is the wrong question? It's what, what are the brand new needs that are invented because of this situation? And what do my current skill sets and past experiences have to do with fulfilling these needs? And when you ask yourself, you really sit with those questions, like let's make this an exercise, then you're going to realize you have a lot to offer and you'll see where you can pivot to in order to invent that new income. So going forward, this doesn't happen again.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. For the ladies who are listening that are in the beauty industry, two things that I've been consistently saying is get into e-commerce, right? Start selling retail, start selling the things that you sold in your salon online. Mm -hmm. Second to that is creating uh, solutions for the problems that your clients have. So for example, I created Align Online, which is an online program for the clients that I work with to create their own online programs. So it's all about adapting, all about just learning something new and not being scared to pivot and to adapt to the new, the new norm that is right now.
1: Yep. Guys, all of life is about adapting Mm -hmm. and this isn't the last time that you're going to have to adapt, but this is the time that can remind you to set yourself up to be able to handle it better next time. So I love that you teach that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I actually had a question from one of my girlfriends. Her name is Renee and she wanted to know do successful people use auto-suggestion? And it kind of came up for me right now when you were talking about, you know, you and Lori, how you guys speak to each other in the morning and your affirmations that you say.
1: Tell me what auto-suggestion is.
0: So essentially it's just like affirming, right? It's affirming, you know, I am abundant, I am healthy, I am financially successful, for example. So mm-hmm. continuing to kind of just say that on a, so that it taps into your subconscious.
1: Yeah. So not only do we use it, I mean, we literally wake up to it. And Lori, listen, she has this love hate relationship with it because imagine someone shaking you by the shoulders and being like, I'm happier, healthier, wealthier, more fit than I was yesterday. Say it back to me. Say it back to me. And you're like rubbing your eyes. You're like, What? What day is it? And I make her say it back to me like she means it before I leave her alone. Right. So we really use it. Number one. Number two, we have to go back to it all the time, not just in the form of a mantra. I go back to it in what I call positive propaganda. Now, we live in a time where negative propaganda, the scary news, the disasters, the fear, so many people on social media, that's going to fall into your lap right now. You can't avoid it right now. Right. But you can outweigh the amount of negative propaganda that you're getting with positive propaganda, which is this very podcast that they're listening to, podcasts, books. Following the right people on social media, YouTube channels that teach you something, tutorials, courses, whatever it might be—that's positive propaganda, right? Mm-hmm. And so, Lori and I have to constantly be reinforcing ourselves and our beliefs and how we want to feel during the day with positive propaganda. Oh, here's a real life example. This morning, I listened to Lori's interview with Jamie Kern Lima, who is—you know who that is?
0: I don't. The founder
1: know. of It's Cosmetics. I might have that wrong. Mm-hmm. And so. She has sold her company for like $1.2 billion. And in that episode, she was talking about all the struggles in the beginning of building this great big company. Now, Lori, if you don't know by context, and for everyone listening, Lori is my wife. She's building a great big alcohol company right now that's centered around helping women connect, collaborate, and celebrate each other better. And it's scary because we've never built a physical product direct-to-consumer company, much less an alcohol company before. And it's a monster. And so there's a lot of times that we have massive doubt. And I got back from listening to that podcast on my run. I'm like, babe, I'm so glad you did that podcast with her. I feel so confident about these next steps that we're taking with the company right now. Now, keep in mind, we're just like all of you. We're growing a new company that is unfamiliar to us in a disaster, unfamiliar time, but we're doing it anyways. So Mm -hmm. things like investors that were lined up are on pause right now. Things like distributors that we were talking to are on pause. Like there's a lot of challenges. And I needed that positive propaganda to remind me that it's okay that we're in the game, that mm-hmm. everyone's going to have these parts to their story. And the end result is we're, we're, it's going to be a success story. And it's going to be because we kept using these mantras and this positive propaganda. And what was the term you called it? I loved it.
0: Auto-suggestion. And
1: auto-suggestion in order to keep our heads up and keep us in the game.
0: I love that. So good. So good. So I'm curious too. just talking about, you know, money mindset and that sort of thing, going from where you guys were to where you're at now, what kind of shifts did you have to have internally when it comes to your mindset surrounding money?
1: Oh, so great. Okay. The first one was we had to learn that we have something called a financial thermostat and you really get whatever you set it at. And I've been setting it at such a limiting place for so long. And your financial thermostat is not just determined by how you believe in yourself, but by the other people and the other surroundings that you have around you. So silly example, if you believe that you can make $100,000 and you've always been stuck around that $100,000 a year. And by the way, stuck means you went from $100,000 last year to 110 dollars this next year and 115 dollars a year. Let's be honest, that's still stuck around $100,000. Right. And if you really examine it, you realize, wait a second, I live in a neighborhood full of people that are making a hundred grand and I hang out with people that are probably making up to a hundred grand. And I'm, you know, listening to the things by people that are probably making just a little bit more than a hundred, like the propaganda that is going into you setting your financial thermostat on a daily basis. You've got to change that radically, right? Input in equals input out. So Lori and I chose to reset what we thought we were capable of, but then went and Surrounded ourselves by everything and everyone that would reinforce these new beliefs where we wanted to set that financial thermostat. The second thing was this. We realized that we had to create multiple streams of income and we needed to create streams of income where we're not trading our time for money. And I think a lot of people in your industry, they hit a ceiling because they're trading their time for money and you run out of two things, right? You run out of time and you run out of energy. Mm -hmm. And we needed to create things that are totally scalable. Now, for some of you listening, this may seem like I'm just worried about getting my salon back open, like this is too far in the future. But the key to building multiple streams of income is this. I said it earlier. The goal is that you want to build enough streams of income where if any one of them went away tomorrow, you wouldn't have to change your lifestyle. And to get to that goal, you take one and you build it deep. Mm -hmm. And once you've built it deep with momentum, then you reinvest the time, the money, the energy, the audience from that one into stream number two and now stream number two goes faster so build it deep build it to where it has momentum then you reinvest the time money energy and everything from that one into the third one and so on and so on and that's the way that you build multiple streams of income and the last piece about multiple streams of income if you're going to create wealth is this you need to make sure that one of those streams you are 100 percent in control of what i mean by that is It's not based on someone else's distribution or someone else not screwing up a product that you're selling or something like that. You need to control, start to finish one of those streams of income. Mm -hmm. The second rule is one of them has to be passive or residual. So what does passive or residual mean? It just simply means that while you're sleeping or while you're on vacation or while you're not physically working, it'll continue to generate revenue for you. And then the third one should be maxing out your area of expertise in return for money. Now, on the surface, that might seem like this. I am the most badass person in the world at doing hair, and so I charge a lot for it because I'm trading my expertise for money. The reason I say one of them needs to be that is that's the one that you can always control. Now, notice I did not say it has to be trading time for money. It's trading your expertise for money. Mm -hmm. So that could be courses like you teach. That could be a book you write. That could be speaking. That could be a membership. It could be anything. But make that third one where you are trading your area of expertise for money. And if you can build those three income streams, then you're going to be just fine once you get them up and going.
0: Definitely. And actually, you were one of the first people who has inspired me to talk more about multiple streams of income because I know that for me personally, it has helped me throughout my career and especially right now. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate it.
1: so glad to help. That's awesome to hear things.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. I, I heard your podcast and I was like, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I need to start creating more, more multiple streams of income. And so now I think I have six or seven and it's been amazing. So I appreciate you so much. And for the ladies who are listening who are like, you know, how do I do that? How am I able to go from stuck, which is what a lot of people are feeling right now, to unstuck to create that? So for those women who are fearful of spending money to invest in another stream of income, say for example, you know, creating their own product or creating an online course or something like that, what would you say to them? How could they get unstuck?
1: Yeah. So number one, it's natural to be afraid to invest in something when you feel like, wait, I already don't have money. So why should I invest in something that might make me money? Because there's uncertainty around might. But you have to flip it on its head and say, if I don't invest in anything, Mm -hmm. do I have any chance at changing my situation? And the answer is probably a 99% no, right? Because something has to change dramatically for your situation to change dramatically and what kinds of things need to change? The knowledge that you are receiving, Mm -hmm. um, the guidance that you are getting, the effort that you are putting forth, the direction that you have been working, all of those things need a major shift if you expect to majorly shift the outcome into something new that you're getting. And honestly, when people are afraid to invest in something that might make them more money, they're usually not afraid that the investment isn't going to work. What it is, is they're afraid that they're going to have to give something else up in order to invest in that. Now, when I say give something else up, it might mean something as simple as, I'm afraid I have to get rid of my prized car that I love so much because this car that I've got so much ego attached to is what's costing me the ability to invest in this course or in this coach or in this guidance. But it also might not be a thing. Mm -hmm. Some of you are afraid of giving up the certainty that you do have For the uncertainty of what you could have. And that's a real thing. Mm -hmm. People, you ever hear that phrase, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't?
2: Mm -hmm. People can choose
1: the certainty of a bad position because they already know what it feels like over investing in and changing their life and changing their tribe and changing their habits into the uncertainty of what could be. Because we crave certainty to a fault.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I've been hearing so much about that. Just, I'm stuck, Kelly. I'm so stuck. And a lot of what I have to do is kind of open up my own mental struggles and internal struggles of how I've been able to overcome that. And I think it all comes down to being decisive and taking immediate action, because if you are stuck and you're feeling that way, it's because one, you don't believe in yourself It's self-sabotage, all of these things start coming up for you. So For the woman who's listening, who is fearful of making moves forward and in a space where they've never been, because there is a lot of uncertainty, like you said, I would say just do the damn thing. (laughs) You have to make moves in order to get unstuck.
1: Yeah, because if you don't, what's going to change, right? And listen, this is not new advice. People have been saying this forever. If nothing changes, nothing changes. And I think it's become so over-quoted that people stop taking it seriously. But there's actually nothing that is more true than that. Your situation and your pattern of situations, because if we're really talking about why you are where you are today, I bet we can look back and see a rough pattern of similarity, only swap out guy, swap out business, swap out whatever, right? So your pattern of circumstances and outcomes, that's not going to change until you tear off the band-aid, do something painful, right? It's painful to tear off the band-aid and go a different direction. Or you're just going to keep getting the same old, same old, just with a different outfit that you got last time.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So going into you know the future of post COVID-19, because this will be over. <laughs> what is your prediction? What is your prediction for small businesses, Do you have any advice for women who are in the beauty industry or just business owners in general?
1: Heck yes, I do. Okay. Advice number one, consider building a membership for whatever beauty service you offer. And a lot of people that I know personally have been making this pivot. So let's say you do lashes, right? Let's say the best in town at doing lashes. Why don't you have people on a membership that's reoccurring where they get one set or two sets or whatever it might be per month? Because when you actually do the math, not everybody uses the entire thing that comes with the membership and Mm -hmm. reoccurring revenue is safer than always having to go out and sell again over and over again. So number one, challenge yourself to build reoccurring revenue, consider a membership. Number two, the first couple of weeks that the economy is quote open again, that we're allowed out in the wild. People in the beauty industry have a huge advantage to make up some ground and it's this. There is so much pent up demand, right? People's extensions are showing and looking janky. Eyelashes are gone. Roots are horrible. Like you name it. Nails are horrible, (laughs) right? Botox is missing. Everything. There's so much pent up demand that you have coveted real estate. What do I mean by that? You can only do so many appointments in the first month, and everybody is going to want those appointments. Supply and demand in economics says, the less supply and the more demand, the more valuable it is, the more expensive it is. Everybody in the beauty industry should be considering selling that first couple of weeks of real estate for two times or three times their normal rates. And listen, this might sound like, oh, especially if they have a bad money mindset, like, I could never do that. My service isn't worth that. Or I could never do that. I can't take advantage of people that have just come out of the thing. Listen. You need to make sure that you and your business can survive first and foremost so that you can then do good things and your beauty services for everybody further down the road. Mm -hmm. So why aren't you selling and booking those first couple of weeks of appointments at three times your rate or two times your rate? Because somebody will pay it. My wife personally will pay anything to be first in the chair, first on the bed, first in anything Mm -hmm. the minute they allow us back out to do this kind of thing. So it's a wasted opportunity if you don't. The last thing is this, when we come out of this thing, it's going to look very different. People are going to be operating differently. There'll be different fears still. It's not like somebody flips a switch and all of a sudden everyone rushes out of their front door. And so you have to be very sensitive to how the world is changing forever. What I mean by that is, a silly example, mom and dad have now learned, wait a minute, I can successfully work from home. Why do I leave my family to go to the office all the time? And at the same time, that boss is saying, wait a minute, My company is running pretty good while everyone's at home. Why do I pay for all this office space? Mm -hmm. So we're going to see major changes in people's behaviors, the way they shop, the way they. my parents are great. They're 70 some years old. They never bothered with like DoorDash before or, you know, delivery this, delivery that. Now they're all over the apps because they had to be. Mm -hmm. So consumerism and the way we behave is going to be radically different. Ask yourself how you can pivot your service to take advantage of that. Is it more house calls? Is it the membership, like I mentioned? Is it, you know, different times of day have different prices. Our spray tan girl, I love her because she is unapologetic about charging significantly more after I think it's eight o'clock to try mm-hmm. and deter those appointments. And if someone books it, then she knows she's getting double her rate. Yeah. There's so many things that you guys can do out there. This is your pause. This is your time out. This is your chance to assess, pivot, and reinvent into what you've always dreamed it could look like
0: yes so good and i'm glad that your spray tan girl does that because that is something that i also teach it's like boundaries you know yes <laughs> totally. Totally.
1: i told her i'm like she doesn't have a membership you need a membership asap because Lori and i should have been paying you this whole entire time and just be able to redeem them later or they expire after a month you know
0: absolutely and if you guys are in la right yep yeah perfect area to definitely do that at so I want to thank you so much for all of your amazing energy, your time, your expertise. I personally am a huge fan of your podcast for the love of money. So if you guys have not taken a listen, please go check it out. It's so, so good. And you also have an e-course called Money Principles. So if you guys are struggling with money mindset or anything like that, please head on over and check them out. Chris, is there anywhere else they can check you out on?
1: You know, Instagram is the only place I'm hanging out these days. So find me at Chris W. Harder on Instagram. I always promise to answer every single business question that comes in. It's an effort I hold myself to. It gets pretty difficult sometimes. Uh, But you mentioned it, the podcast and Instagram is where to find me.
0: Awesome. You're not on TikTok yet, huh? Actually, I
1: am. I've got like five videos up. You guys go (laughs) check that out. Chris W. Harder on TikTok. Are you on there?
0: I'm not, well, kind of, but yeah, I still don't know how to use it, so it's just on the back. It's
1: so fun, number one. Number two, careful, because <laughs> every time you open the app, it's a rabbit hole. Like, I will sit there showing Lori videos for hours.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to learn how to shuffle, so. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. I want to shuffle dance, for sure. We'll hold each other accountable to that.
0: Exactly. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you, and yeah, go ahead and check them out. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode of Wake Up to Level Up.
1: Thanks for having me on.